The redo. Yeah, y'all can start whenever. I'm, I'm rolling. Alright. Well, yeah. I didn't re like, I was looking for this place and I was like, there's the, like, God, it's hard to like recognize where anything is in Austin anymore with so much shit being built all the time everywhere. Alright, ready? Yeah, he's Alright, what's up? Welcome. Yeah, shit. Um, we're starting right now. Alright, welcome to episode 75 of Combos on the Pedicab. Robert Dean is back. Yeah, this time I don't have any uh, scheduling conflicts. We we can talk all the shit we want. Oh, man, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. You know, listen, when we talked the first time, there was a bit of a lull in terms of current events. Yeah, we got plenty to talk about now. Oh, we have a lot to talk about. Um, Where do we start? It's up to you. You're the host, man. I am the host. Um, Recall. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I knew it was never going to happen. Think so? No, it was never going to happen. You're not going to get California to vote Republican. As much as people wanted to, like, put Larry Elder up on the pedestal of the get the black guy who wants to give white slave owners reparations. I, that ain't right, gonna hold on, hold on a second. When did he say that? Because I heard about that. That was in 2019. There's an interview with what him. What was the he, context behind that? Because I heard something about he that. He was also. talking about if somebody was going to lose the people that was their workforce, the people at, of a free market system should be allowed to recoup losing their workforce. I mean, it's not a good way to get the black vote. No. <laughs> if you're going to. But, but, like, you know, if it wasn't for, like, slavery, that is kind of. But yeah, like, well. If your workforce wasn't, you know, weren't forcefully made to come here without any pay, then, you know. Trying to split hairs on slavery is a fucked well, up. Well, I'm not splitting hairs on slavery. I'm just saying that um, it's a really bad take to say that about slave owners. That and is like every single else. I mean, Larry Elder's just not the guy. Like, if you want to have like a somewhat like that's a radical that's a very radical that's a very radical that's uh, a really point. radical candidate that would have never swung any kind of vote in a very very liberal state okay that's true but here's the thing too everyone was calling um elder like a fascist and he was going to ruin the state he's going to do all this horrible stuff and set it way back well yeah he's a free market economist right but there's also a super democrat majority in that legislature so what could elder really do it's the idea, dude. It's always the placeholder of these things that when we set somebody as the masthead, that becomes the mandate. Like it's the same thing when we had Trump. You hate he had a bunch of different things in place where people would battle him, especially like with the House of Representatives. And now you have your own party fighting against Biden. So it's like when you set somebody as the masthead. It's think about here in well, it's Austin. Not my own party. I'm not like well, not you, but I'm right. saying in the pejorative sense. Okay. When you have somebody in play, like even here in Austin, you have Adler, who people either like or dislike. I don't know anybody then, who likes Adler at this point. And then um, you take that guy, and then you have a city council that's combative against him. And so it, it's still the masthead of the person that's going to be in charge that sets the tone, and that's what people react to, even if they like him or they dislike sure, him. Sure, but you don't think it's like dishonest when they call people these big, bold names when they know full well that a person like Elder... Um, because of how the government is set up in California, Dude. would be like the least fascist person that you could ever have because he would have no ability to actually do anything. Dude, all politicians are full of shit at this point. Like, yeah. My, <laughs> yeah. like, I, 
I, I, I'm, I've, my positions on everything is extremely progressive, but I also realize that politicians are full of shit. I mean, I used to have this feigning hope of like, oh, people are really into it. To like, I still trust Bernie Sanders. I still stand by Bernie. Uh, but do you stand by AOC? Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> what do you fuck think about that dress, <laughs> dude? She, the the squad themselves are like, look, and I had a, uh, I had a shirt from like. Rashid, uh, Rashida, that the one that said like impeach the motherfucker. I had that shirt. My problem with them is, is they were really squawky and vocal about how much they hated Trump and they wanted to set the tone to like fuck this dude. And I was with it. I was totally fucking there. The minute Biden gets in office, they became quiet as hell. They had no recourse to what his actions were. They're like, oh, we're just pushing agenda. You don't push an agenda for leftist politics by going to something that costs $30,000 to be there, and then you get people talking about your dress. It's fucking ridiculous. You're hanging out with the elite that you supposedly don't want to be around, that you're this working-class politician. It's like, no, dude, you're still on the take. You don't want to lose your job. Well, you performative I, I, saw, bullshit. I, saw, I saw a Twitter post that basically said, you know, when you want to go hang out and party with rich people, and you know, ball out, but you uh, still want to have your socialist street cred. Is literally yeah, what she was. That's, that's literally what. what that's what literally it, man. And like, my thing is, I I don't think in American history we've ever been able to understand with such clarity that politicians are full of shit. But also, like, we just like I'm hoping that people are waking up to realize that a the two party system is ridiculous because there's like seven points of view that's crammed into two ideologies, and then on top of that is. If you ever needed fucking proof of, like, getting played, look at the Afghan war. Who benefited from that? No one but industrial military complex. And China's about to benefit like a motherfucker. And yeah. the Taliban. Because they're about to get all the rare earth minerals. Yeah, because we fucked that whole thing up. But we did it. But it's it. almost like we did it deliberately. I don't think we did it deliberately. I don't think we did it deliberately at all. I just think it that it was... It feels like you cannot be this inept unless you're doing it deliberately. I, I think that they literally were that inept. Because you went through four fucking presidents, man. Yeah. And All people right. got, and this war was literally. I mean, look, look I'm no bad, right? But I feel, based on what I've looked into and researched, that this war could have been won if they wanted to win it. But they didn't. They they didn't want to win because they benefit more from keeping us there than they do from actually wiping well, these people out. Absolutely, that's what I said. The only people who won are Boeing, Raytheon, you know, Lockheed Martin, uh, they, Pfizer, the the heroin, like whatever the the, the hero, your, your average heroin dealer. Yeah, all they did was prop these people up and let them run rampant which they made money I, I don't that I think that they just benefited from them but like given China like the upper hand they would never do that on purpose it's just they fucked it up so bad with so much insider politics you don't that, think so no you don't think you don't think like based on what was on like Hunter Biden's laptop and all that stuff that that was going on and, I, and the fact that Millie literally was making phone calls to the Chinese general saying that if anything were to go down we would let you know. Yeah, I mean, right I, off the bat. I don't. And, and then, like, so many American large multinational Wall Street companies benefit so much from, like, the laissez faire, pretty much slave labor policies of China. I don't disagree with those things, but I just don't ever see us handing China a win based on, like, yeah, our economies are too tied together, but also the, like, political thing of being like, okay, well, China, you did a great job. So we're gonna let you have all that money. Americans don't have that. Well, they're not Americans' say, money for shit. They're not gonna say that. They're gonna just, you know, have an absolute debacle as to what just happened. And oh man, we messed up. Sorry, but by the way, uh, man, China's, and China's gonna, yeah, China's kind of 
kicking our ass right now. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. I mean, to each their own, but it seems a little sketchy. It just seems I, very sketchy. It's, I, I'm not disagreeing that it doesn't seem sketchy. I just don't buy. I just literally believe that from Bush to Obama to Trump to Biden, with all their like inside shit and people that necessarily you would think that we would have our shit together more than we do. It's the Occam's razor thing, man. It's like we want to believe that there's a bigger, crazier narrative out there, and sometimes we just live in a world of fucking dumb people. Yeah. That's really <laughs> what it boils down to, is like okay. people want to make things sure. up. The majority of people are absolutely retarded, but the people that are writing policy at the UN, the people that are like going to the Bilderberg meetings, the people that are doing that are at the G7 summits, the people that are like doing all this stuff behind the scenes, these are like geniuses. These are people with 200 plus IQs writing this stuff out. I believe that, but I also, like I said, so, so, so I mean, there's there's also that perspective as well, you know. I would just say gross mismanagement, and to be honest, man, in like 10 years, we're gonna have a clear picture of what that is. But ultimately, I think that it was their only goal was to make people money. When Dick Cheney put that policy and Donald Rumsfeld put those policies in place, we didn't go after Saudi Arabia. Those dudes were all Saudi Arabian. None of them were from Afghanistan. And when we first went over there, the uh, Taliban straight up was like, hey, if you could just not do that, we'll give you Osama bin Laden. But they thought it was more profitable to go in and fucking destroy the whole country. Yeah, that's... It's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's totally... I, but that's the thing is I, I hope with... But, there, but it's also like led to this complete erosion in our media and trust for media and trust for government and everything. And I think that like we have this history of being blatantly lied to by politicians and by news outlets who cover for them that now you have a pandemic and you have a virus and nobody wants to get this fucking shot myself included because we don't believe the people pushing it yeah i got the shot i had no that's good for you i'm proud of you i i look man you're a pedicab driver my ex-wife is an award-winning daisy nurse who's like been an icu nurse for 10 fucking years who's surrounded by death who has ptsd for that shit i know doctors without borders i know like 20 doctors i know probably 30 nurses and they're all vaccinated because they're sick of fucking people dying around them all the time so but as then, much as that point of view y'all can have it but I, when I, you're surrounded by people but i also who know a lot dying. of nurses and doctors that don't want to get that shot either I, I know a guy who supervises doctors there's a guy at my gym who supervises doctors in one of the hospitals he didn't tell me which one but um he's fucking stupid i mean he supervises doctors you can't be that stupid if you're supervising doctors and you don't want to get you're the shot. around those i uh, dude you don't see the fucking shit that I have to see when I talk to her every week when she comes in and she's just frazzled because because of COVID because all these people keep fucking dying. Yeah, but you there's don't understand also a lot, two I, years I of hearing, I was also hearing stories of um, sorry, I'm interrupting. I was hearing stories of like you got people doing the fucking crate challenge that get hospitalized with doing the crate challenge where you got these like homeless people with like hepatitis and all types of shit going in the hospital. They get they get COVID. And it's like, oh, yeah, you got a COVID po uh, hospitalization, but you, you went these to the are, hospital for something else. These are, I'm telling you, I hear the stories that I have been told by her about people FaceTiming their loved ones and her holding people's hands when they fucking die, man. And I'm not being facetious at all. And My ex-wife has fucking PTSD from all this that. shit. So are, are they allowed to actually hold your hand now that you're... She, because um, she, she's in they full gear. No, they weren't allowed in the room, but since they've had breakthroughs and like what's allowed on protocol, they've been in the room. Like she told me about one story about giving a guy his son's teddy bear. Dude, I'm telling you, you talk to her and your fucking opinion will change real quick oh, on that give shit. Give me your info, I'll put her on. And she give me her Rob. Give, I mean, she Bobby, give me, give me, give me her info. She won't do it. All right, then she's it, not a public person. That's just who she is. But I mean, if you want to educate and tell people about what's going on and really like 
get that message out. I'm, she has an open invitation to come talk to me whenever she wants. She will. I, I probably know a nurse that would. Okay. Let but, me know. I'm happy to talk to anybody about anything um, and be open-minded to listening, even though I have, like, my thoughts and beliefs on something. I've met a whole bunch. Like, at this point, I, all I'm saying is I look at it like this. If you choose to not get vaccinated, that's totally on you. That's your choice, whatever. I don't care. If you want to go play that game, go ahead and play it. I don't give a shit. All I'm saying is with her and the things that I know from the doctors and nurses in my life, which there are a lot, they're 100% on board because they're just tired of people dying. So you think I'm basically retarded for not wanting to get the shot? I think that you're taking your life in your own hands. Okay. Let me ask another question. What? Do you think I should be excluded from certain societal activities because of my medical decision making? No. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. No, because if you get sick and die, that's on you. All right. Like it's not on me. I'm, Fair, and I'm willing to take that calculator. I'm willing to take that calculator. Yeah, that's risk. fine. I mean, that's like I don't have health insurance right now. I'm taking that calculated risk because I can't afford it. You know, our system is fucking broken. Have you tried the marketplace? Like the, the I'm gonna. I now that I'm I got some things taken care of financially. I'm about to get health insurance again, okay. which I'm I'm working on it. It's just coronavirus fucked my life up, man. I went from making good money and having things moving forward to going on unemployment and wrecking my whole life did coronavirus fuck your life up or did lockdowns fuck your life up lockdowns fuck my life up so how do you how are you how are you still okay with i don't know and i don't really know how you vote but i'm, I'm assuming uh based on the fact that you said you have like progressive ideals and stuff how are you okay with still voting for politicians that impose these policies on you that have fucked your life up i don't think we we knew what to expect that's the but problem. i mean at this point but we we had an idea in the summer and you had people like gavin newsom that were um doubling, tripling down on this policy that was really decimating a lot of people I, like you and me. I, like, if I lived in California, bro, it would, I would have been, like, super radicalized if yeah, I had to, you know? Anything, the way I look at it is we learned in a way that it was experiential learning. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what to do. We thought closing down for two weeks was going to flatten a curve. Like, we didn't know what the fuck it was, dude. It was weird. Sure. There was that whole two-week process. Remember when everybody was at home, we're like, sleepovers were getting drunk, like, all the time. At least that's what we did. Yeah. And then things change, and you saw, like, markets change, and you saw how people were working and everything else. Do I think, and I'm going to be, I say this from my point of view, and I don't mean this for everyone, but I ultimately think the lockdowns were a good thing because I think it transformed the supply chain that were the supply chain and how we work and i think it pushed a lot of shit forward like i think there's going to be more work for at least certain industries we're going to have more work because we changed you can work from home oh we don't need this guy in the office anymore because we don't have office space anymore we can hire three extra people to do these jobs now okay so it's a completely yeah. different a different, different ballgame it's so, a different ballgame for that going through it suck balls right and, and potentially because i'm very much against these lockdowns right like and you know why Right. Yeah, you understand completely. I get it. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the people that you work with in the service industry probably you're probably the minority at this point in terms of like some of the. Well, I mean, I don't work in the service industry. I think well, you do the comedy stuff for the bartenders and a lot of people that you know that work downtown. Yeah, I'm sure you're. I'm sure the majority of the people that still work downtown that you're friends with that like have these the same types of jobs that I have. Yeah, probably think more like me than they do like you about. This. I at this point. At this point, I think no one should have a lockdown. You, if you're taking it in your own hands, you're on your own. All right, bet. I'm glad we're on the same. Page yeah, it's. Okay. I don't. I don't think. At the time, we were figuring out what to what do. do, and then now, now that we're past that, and we realize, oh shit, you gotta have a 
economy's moving. You gotta have people working. People want to eat cheeseburgers. Now that said, I think it's fucking ridiculous that people put the blame on those people: bartenders, servers, waitstaff, kitchen, all service industry people. That we can still have this conversation is you're essential when we put you there, but we're not gonna pay you like you're essential. Like the fact that like in the middle of when there aren't people out there willing to get out and hustle and ride the bike and and shit, you deserve to be paid what you're worth. And well, I'm, I'm happy with how I was treated when all that stuff was going down. So well, I'm, good. I'm happy about it. Because for me... I actually had the time of my life pedicabbing during the virus. Yeah? I, yeah, I had the time of my life. I loved it. it was, oh. It was fun as fuck. I mean, I wore a mask. Yeah. You know, but, like, I, uh, people loved the mask I wore. Mm-hmm. Your Captain America yeah, yeah. mask. Uh, everyone was, like, wanted to support and help. They probably and, tipped you really well. Yeah, everyone was great. They were, they were super... They were awesome. I just don't like the idea that when people... Like all of a sudden they're like, because of the pandemic, we can't find workers. Yeah, because you treated them like shit for decades, man. And so a lot of those people went and got different jobs. So when you gave them, oh well, you can go oh, here. They made a whole bunch of fucking classes and programs free, and you gave people unemployment to go learn how to do new things. I know people in the, are in, that are working in computers now. Yeah, a lot of that. I also think too with the work from home stuff. Uh, this this could potentially have a really good, a really positive effect on small towns. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It already it's it's already proven. There's there's towns across the country that'll pay you twenty thousand dollars to move there. Really? Yeah, there's huge boom in that because now people aren't t- tethered to here. That's when I like. Which towns me, are those? This is interesting stuff. There's like in uh, all through Mississippi, Alabama, uh, like right on the co- coast and stuff. Yeah. What? Bro, this is. There's a lot of there. You hey, can what about do, Texas? I don't think in Texas because Texas we're having, already pretty because we're having yeah, a boom. Yeah. Like I don't, me personally, I don't understand why Austin keeps booming when all, all the things keep move. Like not moving out, but people people are leaving and coming at this really like kind of same rate in the sense of what two people are leaving and two people are coming. So we're kind of staying status quo, but like San Francisco emptied out because they don't have to work, they don't have to live in the city anymore. They can do their jobs from wherever. Well, also the the crime and the lockdowns and all that stuff that happened probably made people want to bounce. Also, well, I mean, but it's all but San Francisco. And it was expensive as hell too, and you don't have to be there. Yeah, like if you could just work from home now, you can go to a small town. That's and I do yeah. it. I yeah. do it. I work from home, so like for me, when I do my work, like I get Airbnbs. I've traveled around the state of Texas. I'll go get a little. I'll find a little cool town on a lake or something, and I'll get an Airbnb for forty bucks a night because all these like people out on land set these little you know sheds up that you can stay with air conditioning and a tv and a wi-fi and i go and work for three four days and then i come home and watch my kids that's that's awesome yeah i've been taking i take like um trips like lano and you know blanco and all those towns just to yeah fish and stuff it's great um if my girlfriend was down i would just move there i wouldn't you know, move. Like, i couldn't live there but i like visiting there. no i think at this point in time with how things are going with these like these health mandates and what they're continuing to lead to I think that the only thing that, that can protect you from some stuff from stuff like that is being in a smaller town. Sure, I mean it's less people. Yeah, I think that, and I think that if you actually get a real, I mean, a real virus, I'm not and obviously COVID is real, but I mean like a virus with like a 10% death rate or like a 20% or like a you know a virus as contagious as COVID with a higher death rate, um, it's probably safer to be in a smaller town. Yeah, because you're away from people. You're away from people. Exactly. It's less people around. I mean, I'm I like small towns. I like visiting them. I can't live in them. I think I'd be okay. I think growing when you're younger, I would be a little weird. But I think me being in my 30s, 
you go there, you mind your business, you go to the coffee shop, you work. Yeah, but if they don't have a coffee shop, oh, they though. have coffee. I mean, you don't go. To, you make sure they have some stuff, right? Like that's uh, the that's the trade off. Because once you start getting, once you start thinking like that, though, it's like, well, I mean, you live in a small town. Like, what can suits a small town? Because in certain small towns, everything closes by eight o'clock. Then when everything closes by eight o'clock, is do you want that? Do you want to drive thirty minutes to get to the nearest grocery store? All that kind of shit. Well, that's it's fine. like it's okay. See, I'm not. I grew up in Chicago. I, I've lived in a city my whole life. And every time I take, like, I was at my mom's house. She lives in the suburbs now. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I just, I need to be able to go to the grocery store 24 hours a day. If I want to get something to eat, I know that I can hit, you know, Tyson's Tacos on Airport Road at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, I just, as Tyson's a Tyson's Tacos are pretty good, though. I used to do, like, improv at Coltown, so. Yeah. And, and, uh, tacos are pretty, pretty delicious, man. They're pretty, I pretty need, good. I need uh, things accessible to me all the time. Um, Let's talk about Gavin Newsom again. Let's go back to that. You were obsessed with this. Well, no, I, I just want to ask you, like, do you think, do you trust the results? I'm not saying, like, do you trust, like, whether or not, like, the recall failed, but do you trust the numbers? Yeah. Dude, there's, it's... Even with that KTLA news report about how, like, Republican voters were being told that they already I, voted and all that I stuff, like... Know. It, they'll, it, like, those systems for all that, dude, is they're going to they're gonna do the thing, like, we don't trust the results, we're going to do a recall, and they're going to do another recall, recall just like, yeah, they're yeah. going to do it again, and it's going to be the same thing, because California is so fucking blue, dude. But 25% of people that signed that petition were Democrats. Yeah, and they probably did that, and then they probably were like, eh, let's look at this, you can sign a petition, and then once you walk into the box, you can be like, do I really want to do this? Is this really what I want to do? Yeah, that's true. There's also the fact that I'm, like, only, like, 60%, I think Tim Pool posted this, and he said that only like sixty percent of Republicans actually even voted in the recall election. That's the and thing. There, there's a lot. There, yeah, there's a lot of problems with this Republican politics stuff. Because do I think that there are like voting shenanigans? Yeah, and I think it's a lot easier to pull this off than people make it out. Because especially like nationally, all all it takes is like find a few county clerks, you know, in in a few big cities and a few uh, swing states that hate a certain particular person. Like it's not impossible to like largely manipulate this stuff. You've had presidents in the past that have, like, talked about the dangers of widespread mail-in voting that were Democrats that have changed their script. You've had, you know, uh, college professors go on and talk about how easy it is to hack an election through the, the computerized voting systems. Like, But they, again, they, they did that shit. They, in the national election, they put it through the rigmarole of doing it. Look, I'm not no, I'm no stooge for, to say that you can't hack shit, but I also worked in technology and actually worked for cybersecurity companies for a while so i know like what that whole inside thing looks like and it's literally just a fucking talking point like if you look at how the system at this point works is republicans don't have a platform anymore it's just hating shit no i don't think so well it's, i think that like uh democrats don't have a platform either it's, it's oh, just lockdowns and, and viruses and mandates and stuff democrats the, the problem with each of them is they suffer from two different things the Democrats lost the working class because they don't know how to talk to the working class anymore because they think that everyone is beneath them. Bro, and today's Republican... Sorry, okay. Keep going. I'm, I'll tell you afterwards. And then the Republicans is an entire party based on hate and shit. That's it. There's no... There is really no mandate of, like, what are we doing? Because you can't say small government anymore because that's bullshit. Like, we know that here in Texas wholeheartedly that's bullshit. It ain't small government. And... You know, when you start mandating abortion laws and shit like that. Oh, that law's retarded. We could, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And we're so going to talk about that. I'm glad you brought that there's up. There's all this different stuff. It's not about the party of economics and all this other thing anymore. It's literally like, I don't like that, and we're trying to preserve this <laughs> sense of values that 
necessarily do or don't exist at this point. And, you know, and, and like I said, leftists and there's a lot of good points, but they're also have this obsession with doubling down on shit that doesn't matter. Like, put your fucking concentration on getting Joe Manchin to shut the fuck up about coal and push the uh, push the infrastructure bill you, forward. Whoa, hold on, hold on. In that infrastructure bill also gives the um, Biden administration and the IRS the ability to um, have unlimited access to your bank account if it has over six hundred dollars in it for well, tax purposes. Like, that's never going to pass. Like, it's in that bill. What do you mean? Like, no, it's it, part of it. It's not. It, so that's going to go under. Like, you know how politics works, okay. dude. It's like well, two um, lawyers. So let's talk about. Let's so, talk about that provision. That's a pretty bad provision, man. Like, I, I agree with it. I no, I agree with you in the sense that I agree with that's fucking ridiculous. It's the idea that we're taking. We want more transparency in how people are moving money, especially those who make over $300,000. That's the idea behind that. Now, when you put that into play with most common sense things, yeah, is that an extraordinarily, like, shoot for the moon thing? I, I guarantee you they put that, that in there. That is how you create a police state. Sure. That it's is literally never going to pass. It's well, yeah, well, it's never. You know, you know how it's really never going to pass if, if, if Manchin just doesn't approve it. Then, it. then it never passes because it doesn't get... That the and also three point five trillion dollars. You bought any Bitcoin? No. You should have. You probably should have bought some Bitcoin if that bill passes. I don't fucking care about that, dude. You don't care about like the currency being totally debased and like there is no base. Having... There is no base of currency now. That's the the deficit. The budget's all bullshit. It's it's fucking. It's that thing in. You let Wall Street run the fucking country and they move money. We celebrate scumbags, dude. Yeah. We, we wanna so that fun wouldn't things. it wouldn't it make sense? Maybe not now. It's a little bit. Of a, it's a little high right now. But you know, when when the when the price crashes again, just you know, as as you're, you know, as, as someone who's my friend right now, you know, it might make some sense to just start accumulating some Bitcoin once the price gets a little bit lower. Yeah, I don't fucking care. I just don't care. I'll just be out there in the streets with the fucking bow and arrow and my blood of my enemies on my face, fighting for the truth of the world. Hey, we it might. Hey. <laughs> We might look. We're headed in that direction, so you know. We probably are. I mean, I I was I did a piece the other day where um, I would take this time is I say it's like the '60s on fucking steroids because the '60s was a lot of huge radical radical change for this country, and then we had two three decades of essential lull, and then now all the same shit essentially. Not obviously not a pandemic, but social issues and you know government seeing through politicians all this shit. I mean, we we went through the, the in that era. We went through a bunch of assassinations and crazy shit. We're just living. We're in the history books right now. Is going to be the second chapter of those radical changes for how we, this country moves. How do you think it's going to move? At this point, I'm just like I said. I hope that people see what it is and they vote accordingly and they use their power accordingly. I want people to. I believe in a world that could be giving, verdant, and push people forward the working class people who want to make this place better if we can find ways for all of us who do that to stick together and make our voices heard ultimately that's what i always would always like to champion i i fully agree with you and i think that you know a, a financial system based on sound money is a good start yeah i mean we don't live on the gold standard anymore it's just money no we, we don't um but we have you know we have bitcoin now and bitcoin actually is going to be ultimately more scarce and more valuable than gold going forward. I'm curious because uh, who was it? Was it? It wasn't Haiti. What was the country that El Salvador? Just, is it El Salvador? Yeah, that El Salvador. They regulated it as a national recognized currency. Yeah, I mean, they along with the dollar, you don't have to use Bitcoin if you don't want to, but it gives people the option of paying 
in sending Bitcoin and utilizing Bitcoin through exchanges. Yeah, I'm not against Bitcoin or any of that shit. I, I think just... we could solve our affordability problems if um, the city offered a 25% tax discount to people who wanted to pay with Bitcoin. And you could, the city could just hold Bitcoin on their balance sheet. And then every five, four or five years, whenever they do the halving, which, which is they basically have the number of coins per block that gets mined, um, the, the price always like um, goes through the roof every time they do a halving. And if they just if the city just started doing that right now, maybe like a, you know six months to a year from now, and kept those coins till like twenty twenty five, you could fund a lot of really great things with the surplus without your taxes getting raised. So yeah, it's that's way over my head, man. I suck with all that shit. Like I'm not a money math kind of person. But I think it's important to understand that. All right, before we wrap up, we got to talk about the we got to talk about corporate journalism. How do you feel about? It? How do you feel? Because like I remember I had a little argument. I had an argument with this this dude from KUT, mm-hmm. and you commented on it. We were, we were talking about like the Delta variant, and I'm just like, this virus doesn't end until you relinquish all your freedoms, and then I just said all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, you want, me, you want to talk about corporate media? Like, come bring me back on the podcast. So let's... The problem with corporate media at this point is it's really... It sucks, because as a working journalist, you kind of... Like, there's things in my career that I've always wanted. There's always, like, these blue chip... When you're a working writer, you want these, like... You want to be in time. You want the Atlantic. You want the New Yorker. You want these bylines because it establishes you. It shows credibility of your work. Yeah. And you want those. And now there's things that you just see that you're like, this is fucking ridiculous, man. You're like, how how much like pandering bullshit are you guys going to do? And I mean, it's I see it. And I see like people pushing stuff that's ridiculous and on both sides. I think at this point, CNN and Fox News are just fucking it's like two ridiculous like fox news cnn nbc msnbc any of that shit i don't want to fucking turn into it the only time i watch it my girlfriend still watches it i I get furious with her i'm like turn that fucking garbage off like they don't even believe what they preach they're making their employees get the shot in order to even work there the uh (laughs) the only time i ever turn on cnn is to watch w Camus bell's united shades of america which i was on and uh bourdain that's it and outside of that i don't turn that shit on it's just it's toxic it's bad for america all that shit is bad for America. Like, do I still have faith in NPR? I do have faith in NPR. I do have faith in, like, do I have faith in the Washington Post anymore? No. no. Because Bezos owns it, and yeah. it's very obvious that, like, they suck the teat, and fine. But, like, I still love The New Yorker, and it's hard because my entire career has been built on wanting to have those bylines to be like, I made it to this blue chip the highest of the high mountain that you can get to and a lot of them are losing credibility for me because i see the shit that they're pushing on both sides like stuff that has swung right and i'm like fuck you guys and then stuff that has swung ridiculously left and i'm like your job as a journalist is to tell the fucking truth and to be as nonpartisan as possible to call bullshit and to fucking stay rooted in that are there places that still do that yes i believe there are a lot of like really good journalists out there you know um, you know who's good as Crystal and Sagar? Yeah, uh, they're great. Rising Crystal's pretty good. Uh, Kyle Kalinske used to be really good, but lately he's just kind of become a bit of a hack. The, um, who's the other Secular, dude? That, you know, um, yeah, I know exactly yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. Like, I love them. They're they're the exact people I, I think of. And when Crystal and Kyle and friends are like them together are pretty good. I gotta listen to them more, but I like them. I like what's his um, face. Who's the dude that's on Rogan all the time too? Um, not Tim Kennedy. The uh, I can't think of his fucking name. But there's a dude that he has on all the time that he's on YouTube and gets, like, millions of subs. And that guy's great, too. And he calls bullshit 
There was um, Dave Smith. There was an episode of Dave Smith that was really good. Yeah, like there's, like I said, there's people that have common sense and can have conversations about. Glenn it. Greenwald. Yeah, Glenn Greenwald is, is good. Even though they're trying to like, but but they try to make it seem like Glenn Greenwald just went full blown Republican, which is I, wild because if you disagree with this narrative, now they just polarize you to one side. That's the thing that I hate because me, I come from the school of. You can put this on the record for life, as I come from the school of Howard Zinn and Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky will forever be my North Star. That is where my politics lie. Yeah, I. You can't really argue with, with that. It's just my own my my thing is maybe I got a little jaded from from this virus because it shows a lot of true colors and like you may agree with uh, like a certain ideology, but you just start realizing how difficult. It is to implement these ideologies. Yeah, you need it's to, impossible. You need to ultimately stop attacking people and have conversations. Yeah, which is what I'm trying to do. Yeah, my thing. yeah I'm yeah. not saying you. In general, I think I think it's as a generality. Um, dude, last thing before we wrap up this AOC thing, you want to know what else really is like absolutely ridiculous about this? What? It's the fact that the the Met Ball is a charity event. Mm -hmm. So when she's wearing this tax the rich shirt, all of these rich people are going to write this $35,000 ticket off as a tax expense, and they're not oh, yeah. even going to pay any taxes on this because it's a write-off to a charity. Yep. It's total horseshit. It's, 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 it's nonsense. And you know, you know what else is fucked up? Is that there are a lot of ideas that we should do. Like, we shouldn't have, like, mountains of student debt at this time, at this point. No. You know what I mean? Um, we should have legal weed. We shouldn't be um, spending more money on nation-building than we spend on... Um, education you know we should be better stewards of the environment we, we should, should be giving all these subsidies to big oil companies and whatnot right i mean you still need oil and gas and maybe you know we should al allow us to be a little more independent with how we produce energy like at this moment until we figure out like um the next solution but like a lot of these ideas like i agree with a lot of these ideas the problem is that like when people like aoc are are saying shit like that and then your actions are doing the opposite or like elizabeth warren is like you know, basically shilling for central banks with the whole Robin Hood stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, it undermines what they're trying to do. And it's going to turn us into a extremely right-wing nation. Yeah, I'm not here for that. But do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you, you understand what I'm saying, though, right? No, I totally get it. It's no matter which way you cut it, dude, Republicans still have the majority of the uh, average American point of view and the idea that, like, they love fucking Jesus guns and easy. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you this: so I, I kind of do like how the Republican Party has changed a little since the pandemic. Because because aside from this abortion garbage thing, which I'm, I'm sad we didn't talk about that. Um, but aside from that, um, they've been the, the the group that have that has like kind of stood up for like you know freedoms and liberties as a result of the pandemic. They've been the ones that have been like. Um, speaking out for small business owners like they've been the ones that that were doing that they're the ones that um want to make it so that we can like actually mine and and have like crypto infrastructure in the united states if you were paying attention to the infrastructure bill earlier like they've been doing stuff that i'm like you know what like i agree with that like this lady from uh, wyoming cynthia lummis she's a senator she's all about like us starting to adopt bitcoin and mine bitcoin in the u.s and have like um DeFi platforms in america and making that a big thing so we can move forward and have innovation like that's awesome like there, there is like stuff that they're doing that's actually good it's not like the republican party is not like the bushes anymore like they have changed and i do like that change and a lot of what they've been saying has been like 
a little similar to what people who voted for Sanders in 2016 were saying. Like, wanna, there's a lot of similarities. If you want to have a common sense point of view on things, I'm always here to listen. That's where I listen, at, live at this current point. You can be a Republican. If you have a good idea, it's a good fucking idea. Yeah. Like, we can get behind that. Nobody has to be like, that's such... There's shit that Republicans do that I think is retarded, and then there's stuff that Republicans do that I'm like, that makes sense. Why are we mad about this? Yeah, like, like guns. Like, we should... Yeah. Like, I support them on, on guns and stuff. I'm not a gun guy, so... You know. I, I, yeah, I know we talked about that earlier, but um, I, I, I support them on that, um, and I, I support them on the masks, and and I I think that they're 100 percent correct on how they've been, deal, you know, on on opposing like vaccine passports and stuff like that. So it's like they're doing the right thing on that issue. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if it's common sense thing, like we, I think having an adult conversation is where we need to start, and if you can have that and prove forward, that's what we need to work on here forth. Anyhow, Charlie's, yeah. Charlie's wrapping it up. All right, we're wrapping up. Hey, Rob, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at literally Robert Dean. You can find me on Facebook. I think it's Robert Dean's World or some shit like that. Those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. Everything else you can look for. Those are the places you can see my newest writing. What I'm working on now, I don't even know what I got coming out now. I got a whole file of shit. I think I have something coming out for NPR soon. Awesome. Excited. Hey, Robert Dean, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh...